Welcome to the Inkfeather podcast, which explores the worlds of sci-fi and fantasy books through those who bring them to life. Every week, we chat with authors and industry pros about their books, including new releases and old favorites. I'm Lauren Zurchin, and this is episode 41, where we chat with author Zoraida Cordova. So Zoraida has so many awesome series out, and we are here actually to talk about her new book that just came out. It is the first in a new series, and it's called Incendiary. Uh, it is kind of her first big scope fantasy, uh, and it was such a good book, you guys. It was really fun to read. It has great magic. It has great characters. It really draws you in quickly. A lot of politics and like political intrigue and like palace stuff. Um, yeah, it's really great to read. And I, I've been friends with Sarita for, gosh, like eight years now. And I knew I wanted to have her on with this book, and I'm really glad we were able to make it work. Um, she also has so many other great series. She has like a, a mer a merman mermaid series. She has written stuff in the Star Wars canon. She has a like Bruja, which is trilogy that finishes actually the third book, and that's coming out in the fall. She has a new middle grade coming out. She also has um, some really great like steamy romances under her uh, romance pen name, which is Zoe Castile, I believe. Uh, so she's got a ton of books under her belt uh, and her writing is really fun. It's, it's refreshing and easy to read. So yeah, if you are a fan of this podcast and you have never read any of these books, you should definitely check them out. Um, and I, yeah, but I really wanted to talk to her about incendiary. So yeah, it was, it was really cool to have her on and especially in the middle of like this pandemic and like, she's just got so many things on her plate right now, but she was able to, you know, squeeze in some time to talk with us. Um, so yeah, things are crazy. It's been like six weeks. I haven't, I realized I haven't like physically touched another human being in almost two months. <laughs> it's like crazy living alone during this pandemic. I have a bird and I have a cat and I FaceTime with my family and my friends every day, but it's just very weird um, to not touch and interact in person with humans. Uh, but, you know, I'm trying to do my best. But yeah, I mean, the podcast, I had to kind of take a break. I just didn't have the mental energy, uh, you know, and I was beating myself up for a little bit, but I was just like, no, this is hard and I need to be okay with taking a couple weeks off. So I have an episode um, by Marissa Meyer that I recorded right when this pandemic kind of all started, it was like, we were thinking we were like two weeks in when I recorded it. So I have that I can drop. Um, I think after the next one, I'll probably be that one, but yeah, it's just been a lot of, <laughs> a lot of sleeping, a lot of, uh, audio books. I have read so many books, you guys. I also, um, I rewatched all of Avatar, the last airbender and the legend of Korra, which I love them both. Again, I haven't seen Korra since it came out and I haven't seen Avatar probably in a good four years so that was a very nice treat and I loved it and also <laughs> and I'm like still like hardcore in the headspace of being obsessed I rewatched Yuri on Ice which I'm not an anime fan I'm not I'm not against anime I'm indifferent but I had I had it's a 12 episode show and if you don't know what it is it is basically about male figure skaters this guy's in his early 20s and he's like in the bracket of the professionals but he's kind of at the bottom of the rug and he has a really bad season and he's about to give up and basically the guy who's been at the top who's like the idol of his takes a season off to become his coach and they fall in love essentially and it is masterful storytelling you guys it is so good and it's because it's subtle and it's there's all these nuances like seriously you can watch the show like four times and 
pick up something new. I've actually had to like read some blogs and stuff to go, oh, that's what that meant. Like being like, okay, what was that look or what was that thing? Um, so if you really want a show that's kind of just feel good and escapist and really good storytelling and you haven't seen Yuri on Ice, definitely check it out. I know it's on Crunchyroll and on uh, Funimation. So yeah, so I've done that and I've just done like a ton of romances. I just needed like the like a beach reads, even though I can't go to the beach. I'm stuck in Pittsburgh. Um, so I've done like the the undercover bromance books, the bromance book club. I've done, um, I'd never done the, like the sweet filthy boy, I think it's called the uh, Christina Lauren books. I'm actually going to pull up my Goodreads here because I've read so many. I hadn't read any of those. They were delightful. Uh, I loved them all. And I was like super glad that I was reminded of them. Um, I did the the Hating Game and 99% Mind by Sally Thorne, which were great. I did Fix Her Up by Tessa Bailey, which was also great. Um, and there's a sequel to that that is coming out. Uh, or I think it might be out already or it's coming out. I, I can't remember. I I think I have it on my library. But anyway, so there's another book in that. Um, yeah, Sweet Filthy Boy is the first in the Wild Seasons series by Christina Lauren. I read all of those. Um, I've done some manga since I was in like a anime kind of headspace. I picked up some manga to read too. So it's just been devouring, easy, fun, read, like feel good books, you know? It's just it's where I'm at. And of course, I'm, I'm still buddy reading. I'm doing, um, uh, I'm doing the throne of glass series with my friend brad which has been so much fun to read that series for the first time with somebody i have only read the first two books and now we're on book three so it's all new to me the only things i know are like things i've seen from art because the book series has been out so basically i know who like all of the main characters end up with um and so that's interesting to know that um going in to see how relationships develop but other than that I really don't know anything so it's been really fun to do the audiobooks and Brad and I are always like catching different things and um raving about all the different parts so that's been really fun and if you have never done a buddy read I would highly recommend you do because it's really fun especially during quarantine like a friend that reads and maybe you don't talk to him often call them up say hey Let's read a book that we both have never read. We, my friends and I have been doing two chapters a day, basically. And we message each other like some days I haven't done any or some days we're like, oh my God, it's so good. We're on a cliffhanger. Let's do four if we have time or whatever. But it's been a nice way to kind of slowly chip away. Um, and I've also been doing the Joanna Hathaway books, the um, Dark of the West and Storm from the East. And we're on, I'm um, doing that with my friend Amanda and we're doing that book is, those books are great, you guys. Um, they are fantasy in the sense that it is not Earth, but it's basically like World War II love story. Um, it's just like in an alternate world that isn't Earth, but it's basically Earth. <laughs> um, and it is super intense. Like there, there's just so many stakes and so much happening and so many things that we know that the characters don't know. And um, she has great character development. So they're, we're, we're all like, oh, my gosh, what is like? tense tense reading like holy crap what's happening we're on the edge of our seats it's been it's and it's fun we were both saying like typically these aren't the kind of books that she or i read we like more traditional fantasy i like magic i want to be able to fly or see someone blow fire out of their hands or whatever so ha not having any of that sort of elements in these books we both 
struggled with. And we both said after we finished the first one that like if we hadn't been reading with each other, we would not have finished these probably. But we're glad that we did because we both really liked it. So, you know, buddy reads are kind of good for that. Maybe there's a book that you guys have both been like, eh, I'll get to it eventually. This might be a good choice. So. Yeah, so that's like quarantine. It's weird to like do a recap because I'm like nothing is happening in anybody's lives right now. Luckily, nobody's sick in my immediate vicinity. Um, you know, it's like you know, friend of a friend's grandparents or have gotten it kind of thing. But um, yeah, so we're all just sort of isolating still, and you know, spring cleaning and trying to get stuff done. It's really hard when Goodwill's closed though to purge your house. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so that's what I've been reading. That's what's going on. A whole lot of nothing. Uh, I hope you guys are hanging in okay. If you are struggling, please feel free to reach out. I have um, pretty severe clinical depression and have struggled with it since I was 15 and I'm almost 40. So if anyone out there is having a really hard time, I understand if you don't feel like you have anyone you know who gets depression or maybe doesn't know what it feels like to be in that headspace and you want someone to talk to, please message me uh, on Ink Feather Books. I'm happy to talk if you need someone to talk to. So I, I think we all need that extra bit of help and we're all kind of struggling in our own ways, whether it's you're too busy because everyone's home and it's chaos or you're isolated or someone's sick or your job is being furloughed. There's a million reasons to struggle. So it's important to support each other right now and do what we can to keep our mental health healthy as well. Um, and yeah, read good books. There are so many good books, you guys, as we know, every week, new books coming out and it's just impossible to keep up. But I definitely think if you like fantasy, that Zoraida Cordova's Incendiary is right up your alley. And so definitely check out this interview. We kind of give an overview. There's no super spoilery things. It's just kind of what the book's about. She digs into how she created it. Really good tips on writing. Uh, she actually talks about how she lays out her books, how she breaks down her writing style. She's got three books coming out this year, you guys. Three books. This has been her schedule for the past like a couple of years. And she writes articles for like BuzzFeed and Tor. So she's like crazy schedule with writing. So the fact that she's able to meet these deadlines and produce really great quality books um, is something amazing. So, you know, if you want some good advice, check it out. She also has uh, a podcast, which she talks about too. She goes into a little more detail. It's Deadline City with Danielle Clayton. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that Zoraida talks about in this episode. So yeah, now on to the interview with Zoraida. I hope you enjoy. Zoraida, welcome to the Ink Feather Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. You and I have known each other for quite a few years. Um, yeah. I would love to share what I think is our best story. Um, <laughs> Zoraida helped me out when I was photographing my second author charity calendar. I had to do these photo shoots in New York City, and it was with Garth Nix, and he's Australian, and he happened to be in New York, I think, for the Comic-Con. And he was like, okay, I'm here. And Scott Westerfeld, who's his friend, because Scott's wife is Australian, was also in town <laughs> for the event. So they knew each other, they're buddies. I was like, cool, let's do both of their shoots at the same time. I need to burn stuff in an apartment in New York. We need <laughs> to burn a book specifically. Yes, we did. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I brought that up in Garth's episode, and he's like, 
in in your defense, it was like a crappy Barnes and Noble edition. It wasn't anything super special, but yes, it was. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, "So, can I bring these guys to your house?" And you were just like, "All right, cool." And we, we yeah, did. Was- sure. Like I, you know, having Garth Nix and Scott Westerfeld, like Scott, who's like now my friend, um, and with you know Justine, also they're both writers, and we're all in New York, so now we're all friends. Yeah. Uh, my my story is also like, hey, the first time that you came to my house, you guys burned stuff. Also, Garth Nix was very stressed out that I did not have a fire extinguisher. <laughs> I have since then procured a fire extinguisher. I do remember we got a pitcher of water, like a full pitcher. I mean, we were yeah. we were like baby flames. It wasn't like we it were wasn't like, like right. It wasn't like a torch or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, the thing I remember the most was we had like pushed your couch all the way up against your TV and had this like set up with all your stuff. And Garth was wearing like one of your rings on his pinky finger. And yeah, that was hilarious. I know. And Scott was sitting next to me like the freaking paparazzi with his iPhone like, yeah, working Garth. Do you remember that? He was like on the couch next to me like taking all these photos i was like what is what is my life right now what what are we doing yeah he's taking b-roll oh my gosh so yeah i mean we've obviously hung out other various times between you know over the years when i've come to new york and um and i've always been a fan of your books i enjoy your series a lot um and this is one that is it is so up my alley when i saw the premise and the read the blurb i was like oh my gosh <laughs> i was really excited that i had the podcast because i was like i need to talk to you about this so <laughs> this book just came out um it came out yesterday yes it is new to the world it is incendiary and it is uh, like epic fantasy man it is so cool uh for those who maybe don't know what the book is can you do like an elevator pitch a summary of it Sure. Um, so the short pitch is Incendiary is a uh, high fantasy set in a Spanish Inquisition inspired world where a group of rebels with magical powers, um, they are fighting against a tyrannical kingdom who is oppressing their magic and and, pers- and trying to use their magic as a weapon. Um, and so it's been sort of decades of this ongoing uh war um the regular like normal people have stopped fighting it but the king is still very much has like a big dark plan and there's this girl named ren who uh she is a rebel but she once was used by the king as a weapon against her own people and so now she spent 10 years of her life uh trying to make up for those wrongs she has the power to steal memories, and after her commander is taken prisoner, she sets off on this this journey to infiltrate the kingdom again and um, take down take down the prince and take down the king and destroy all of the bad guys. So <laughs> it's a lot of palace intrigue, and I think that if you like something like The Winner's Curse or uh, Throne of Glass or King of Scars, like you might. Uh, this might be up your alley as well. Yeah, it's um, it's been it sucked me in immediately. Um, it is very easy to read. The characters are it like very vibrant. I was like, okay, I like and I, one thing I will say too, I love this is very random, but I, you you always pick very good names. I love <laughs> you really do, and I like even in this book, I was like, man, their names are just so cool. Like even the prince, <laughs> his name, I was like, he is an awesome name. Like, you want to kinda... know how I named him? How? 
Um, I his, the prince's name is Castian. Um, and so I named him after my two favorite guys, uh, Castiel from Supernatural mm. and uh, Cassian Andor from Star Wars. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, I read that. I was like, yeah, he's kind of a dick, but it's also a sexy name. Like, that's what, what read yeah. in my head. I was like, um, <laughs> he's hot, but he's a monster, but he's got a hot yeah, name. He's and he's a kind of, mm-hmm. But he's pretty. <laughs> pretty monster. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, no, your, your character sucked me in right away. And honestly, I'm c- captivated by the magic system. I love this magic system. How so kind of explain it in more detail. I just think it is very clever. And I love how you have um, incorporated it in, in the different kinds uh, of the way it manifests in different people. Like, talk us through it. And then also kind of how the idea for it came about where like, did it something you always had in your mind? It's very cool. Yeah, so I think that when creating this magical system, what the goal was to use something that was not elemental magic. I think that I a lot of magical systems in fantasy use the elements, right? Wind, water, earth. Um, and I love that. I use that in also in my Brooklyn Bruja series, mm-hmm. uh, in my Vicious Steep trilogy, obviously mm-hmm. lots of water. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, uh, we've done that already. I mean, granted, yeah. they're, they're my favorite. I love elemental magic as well. It's great. Yeah, but I think that the challenge really was it's like, what else can we do? So I thought about sensory magic and um, what that would look like, how that really transforms uh, the way that somebody would use it for power. So you have four kinds of magic and the people who you, who, who are born with it are called the Moria. And the Moria are so named because... Um, their, their kingdom was called the kingdom of memoria and that just memoria just means memory in Spanish. And so, mm-hmm. because it is a Spanish inspired world, a lot of the naming conventions come from, from Spanish words. Mm-hmm. Um, so Robari, Robar means to steal. And so the Robari steal memories, the Ventari can see into your mind. The illusionary can create illusions that feel very real uh, and the persuari can persuade your emotions and moods into action. And so any of those things can be harmless or good, but they can also be used um, irresponsibly yeah. uh, or in dangerous ways. And so we go to this idea of um, our we- like if you're using people as weapons, how are they, how is that? what is the moral implication of that? Right. Um, and that's very much inspired by my teenage dumb loving the X-Men um, and, and Spider-Man saying with great power comes great responsibility. So I thought about a lot of all of those things when trying to create this, this magical system. I love the term sensory magic. I never would have thought of that, but oh, it's, it's very like evocative and it's, that's true. It really is. It's, it's fascinating. Like I, as I'm reading them and even, you know, the stakes are high from the start. Like the book hits the ground running and doesn't really let down. I mean, there's like quieter moments, but you know, there's a lot happening. And um, as we're learning about these magics, I'm just like, man, it's really interesting to see all the different nuances and ways that they can be um, utilized. Like at one point um, pretty early on, one of the characters who can like um, distract you they're like the healers oftentimes because they could actually Mm -hmm. calm your emotions and like make it not or make it not hurt like it can like make it you think you're not in pain so they were actually a lot of those people in the past 
were the medics. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's actually very interesting, like how you kind of bridge those gaps. So yeah, I was, I am like completely captivated by the idea of this. And it is interesting that you deliberately, I mean, understandably, but how you deliberately was like, okay, how can I, what can I do that isn't elemental magic, but still has this same kind of force of will, I guess, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, that that does make sense. And and I think magical systems is something that I love to play with because there's so many things that we can create, right? So for me as a writer, it's how do I make something different? How do I make this uh, familiar but different? Because I think that there are a lot of expectations for somebody like yourself who's like, you're an avid fantasy reader. So like, how do I feel fresh? Yep. Yeah, how do I surprise but also make you feel comfortable in this world? And it's a fine balance to to really draw from. Yeah, I I loved it. I really did. I was Thank I was you. like, this is so cool. Like out loud as I'm reading, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So <laughs> yeah, it really in in you know influences the way the world. Obviously, that's the whole issue with the world is magic versus non magic too. But yeah, it's great. Um, I also loved how like just so many parts of this book, how kind of all the pieces came together. Spanish Inquisition, like how the heck did you pull that out of, was that something you're, you, you're interested in and, or is it was just like you wanted something, uh, a time that had a vibrance in like Spanish history that you wanted to kind of pull upon? Well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this is still European fantasy, but I think that the, some people, like people think like the Spanish Inquisition, oh, that happened so long ago, right? What is, what does that have to do with, with now? And I think that while I was doing research for the book, um, I didn't, I didn't use, I didn't use anybody like any Kings names or Queens or anything like that. The real thing that was, that I pulled from it was just the persecution of, of magic and like the expulsion of certain group of people from a land. And, and I feel like we're seeing that now, right? Like we see that now we see it all over the world and in the way that we're sort of refracturing and, and telling people to like, that they don't belong somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that, that felt really, uh, contemporary, but you also see it in, you see elements of that in, in, in literature, uh, that's, that's been recent, you know, sort of like Harry Potter in Harry Potter, when we're introduced to Dolores Umbridge, you know, she becomes the high inquisitor, right. And, and that is, her persecuting these rebels who are like, she believes that they're user, they're trying to like start something against the, the ministry of magic. Um, and so that definitely a hundred percent comes from the Spanish inquisition. Um, you have something like the Grisha verse, right? Uh, the Fierdans in, in Lee Bardugo's Grisha world, they persecute Grisha people with magic. Um, and so I think that you see elements of that all over the place. Um, the mortal instruments, so it's a, they're different levels. I don't think that's ever really gone away. Um, they're just, they're in different levels within books about magical structure and magical oppression. Yeah. I mean, I guess I never really, I don't know a lot about my like European history in that time. Personally, I just never, it was never anything that interested in me, which is mm-hmm. funny because I do love that fantasy that is inspired by that kind of general time period. But um, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And especially considering, like you said, the, the stakes and the way that the story is set up, um, that that would be a natural kind of go to. Um, this book is kind of more, it's kind of like your first 
traditional fantastical vibe with that like historical kind of Mm -hmm. vibe for it was that was that I mean you've written how many series at this point you've done you did your 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 sexy merman series I I say that because he is a sexy merman but it's I mean so much more than that but you know he's like in the bathtub as a merman like be beautiful I mean what absolutely yeah definitely for sure you have but you have that you know underwater magical element stuff there obviously you did Star Wars which is a canon series that you have to stay within the reins of which is very cool Mm -hmm. um by the way that's another great memory I will always keep I had a layover uh, in New York City when I was flying to Greece to shoot a wedding and I had like a nine hour layover and I texted you and was like hey are you around you want to grab lunch I'm randomly here and you're like uh so work sent me to, to Disney World for Star Wars I was like what is your life right now you're like I know dude yeah <laughs> I was like, have yep. fun it was very cool so I was like all right cool well you win I'm going to Greece but you're living the Star Wars dream right now so it was pretty yeah. great um and then obviously your Bruja books are, you know, like modern witches and obviously in Brooklyn. Um, so this is totally like a, a new kind of vibe. Did you approach it differently with your writing? Is your writing style kind of always the same or was it like, because it's also very complex too. There's a lot of pieces in this book. There are a lot of pieces and they were very hard to keep track of. Yeah. Um, but I think that my writing is always going to, it's always going to feel like me, right? I. Yeah. I, I I feel like my 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 work is very laconic. Like I, I I like bare bones sort of sentences that pack a lot of emotion. Um, but you know, and and I do throw in like, oh, this metaphor is pretty here and there. But I don't think that I I I think that even though my book is a high fantasy, I'm always gonna write very straightforward. Yeah. Um, because I think that there are, there are other ways that we can create atmosphere than than having it sound like like a 70 year old British man is, t- is narrating the book. Right. <laughs> so, um, and also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that that's, I think that if you've read my work from the beginning, you will still see that it sounds like me. Uh, but if it's your introduction to me, then uh, welcome. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess I'm just thinking about the creation process too, because I'm sure you're writing, you know, you, it, your process, you've kind of developed something that's works and I'm sure you tweak it as you go. But I just, as I was reading this, I was like, man, there are a lot of little bits and pieces in here and then pulling the history. And I mean, kind of, like you said, it's not like a hundred percent accurate verbatim, but it's still, you know, referencing things and the vibe. And um, yeah, I was just, just thinking this was quite an undertaking for you. I feel like I've, you posted like vague booking pictures with like your massive index cards or something. And I think it was this book. You had like pages, oh, pieces re- everywhere. Recently? No, recently? I don't think it was recently. Oh, yeah. I, I do. I do it a lot. So um, the way that I work is I work very heavily off of an outline. I have a, a hero's journey, which is the Joseph Campbell outline. But within the hero's journey, you have to think about what kind of, of what the actual kind of journey that your character needs to take, mm-hmm. you know, is, that is the revelation that they're going to have, right? Are they an orphan seeking family? Are they a martyr seeking uh, self-destruction? Are they, so um, the thing that they're after is what actually shapes that journey. For instance, my character Ren is both an orphan and a martyr. So she takes both of those journeys. Hmm. Um, And so I, I outline the book and I answer the questions that are posed by, by, by the outline. Right. Um, uh, And, once I'm done with that, I I 
divide everything that needs to happen into chapters. And as I'm writing, I keep rewriting those those index cards with a chapter. Mm. I need I try to fit all of my chapter beats within an index card so that my my chapters are not 25 pages each. That's smart. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I know that even though I have here I have like seven or eight lines of 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 action. I know that I have to unpack every single one of those things on its own. And it really helps me separate my chaotic brain uh, into something that's a little bit more organized because if it, if I didn't have a deadline that I had to meet, I would definitely just write it like throw up a prayer to the Greek gods and be like, <laughs> willy nilly. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, you know, wing it. Yeah. Just gonna write a book and wing it. Uh, but because I do have a, I do have to meet a deadline. Um, I having an having a structure really works for me. And right now I'm working on book two, and I have about four chapters left, so I'm very close to being finished. Wow. <laughs> I hope to finish by three o'clock in the morning and then I'm going to take a sleeping pill and then wake up at noon. <laughs> like today, three o'clock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know after we're done, because we're recording for those of you listening at like 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then she, nine o'clock, she has another like video chat because the book just came out. So she's on a virtual tour this week. So you're going to like sit down, crank them out and then crash. That sounds, I mean, Listen, yeah. quarantine, man, <laughs> what, whatever, okay. what else? Who cares? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I mean that's really interesting too because just hearing like the breakdown of your actual craft how you actually structure because it's always fascinating to hear how different writers approach um and how they actually proceed with their stories and yeah I like I said it definitely crossed my mind once or twice while reading this going man there is a ton of stuff in this that is you know to make sure we don't forget and the little easter eggs and the little thing you know all the stuff so i was just kind of like in awe of your of your organizational skills honestly oh, so yeah yeah it's really great um do you think it was like more fulfilling because it was a more intense book like i'm sure you feel gratified from all of your books but like how did you feel like writing this with these ones in particular because they were kind of more dense maybe i don't know if that's the right word um, um i know that they're they they feel bigger in yeah, scape that's um, what i mean but i i definitely didn't think it was like more fulfilling than than finishing for instance the third book in the way in the brooklyn bruja series you know which yes. comes out september 1st um i it, it, i think that every book is its own very very unique journey and at, at a certain point you hate it so much you just want to get rid of it but then when it comes back to you after an edit or after the proof pages or whatever stage you're in in the publication process then all of a sudden you're like oh man i missed it right and so i think that each one comes with its own satisfaction but I didn't. I did not feel that uh, this one was more than it's just than another that. awesome book you're working on. <laughs> yeah, I was just curious because, like I said, it it's it is the biggest scope of all of the ones that I've read of yours. So, um, yeah, I I it's right up my alley. I seriously, I'm like, I love this book so much. It's so good. So much. Um, 
speaking of the quarantining we were just joking about like how have you been how have you been balancing everything or is your life just because you you have like also for those of you listening she's insane and writes like a gazillion books a year like you have so (laughs) many books on top of each other at any given time I feel like the past few years have been like that for you because you had you were the Bruja books you had the Star Wars book you have your you had contemporary romances mixed in there you have a middle grade coming out you have the you have this series I mean like there's a lot you write articles for various magazines sometimes so you have like a lot of things um I do I write for BuzzFeed and Tor.com and um I think and I have all of those books that you mentioned. Yeah. Um. I'm also I'm also an an anthologist now. I, I I'm gonna um. I have oh, an that's anthology right. coming out. Yes, with Natalie C. Parker, right? Yep. Uh, Natalie C. Parker, author of Seafire. Uh, we have uh, an anthology called Vampires Never Get Old. Yes. And that anthology features eleven stories that reinvent the vampire myth for different kinds of people. And we have stories by Julie Murphy and Victoria Schwab and Danielle Clayton. So it's it's really like a, a star-studded YA anthology. I'm very excited for it. So like I have all of those things going on. So uh, the coronavirus epidemic, a pandemic, has been really stressful because I haven't been able to create. Like the last two weeks have been the first time that I've been writing. Mm-hmm. So really? we've been I've under been lockdown for very, like six six weeks now yeah so I I was very used I was useless for a month I couldn't think you know my uncle both of my uncles were sick my sister in Ecuador was sick with with the virus and they're all okay now but uh for one of my uncles you know he's 70 and we were just we were just like waiting I was like sitting by the phone because I was mostly on the phone with uh with his husband my other you know both my uncles and so while one was in the hospital, he was in the hospital for three weeks. Oh um, and his symptoms were double pneumonia. So it was oh like, God, pneumonia is no joke. Yeah. Because that's after the, that's what the virus does to you. It attacks yeah. your lungs and everything. And, and so he, he tested, he's, he's, I think that he just took the test again so that they'll see whether or not he's testing positive again. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you can keep getting a positive even a month after it's really strange. Um, but that was really scary and really stressful. And so I was really useless for a month and now I have a deadline. My deadline was on Monday, but, um, because I'm working on the sequel of the book that just released, I think I'm getting a couple of days. Um, mercy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you are not alone. I I realized today that I pretty much spent all of April in bed, like legitimately in bed, because I would get up and I was like, yep, nope, I'm good. And I would like go back into bed and read a book or like listen to an audio book or take a nap or, you know, maybe clean my kitchen once that day. Like that's it's (laughs) and that's all the energy like I had. I I totally get that. There's just so much, um, you know, something my my uh, therapist said that I thought was really interesting. She was saying like a lot of people in the health industry, for example, they do a service without need, without getting always a like concrete resolution. Like they help people hoping that they will get better in theory. Mm -hmm. Um, But most of the world doesn't function like that. We do things and then expect a result. So here we are in the world who is like that doing all of these things like social distancing and Cloroxing and, you know, isolating and all these things, but then there's no tangible result. I mean, there is a like, yay, I don't have it, but it's still very nebulous. And so she said, it's like you get burnout almost. 
even though mm-hmm. you're not doing anything. And I was like, man, that's a really sm- like a really interesting way to think about it because that's I was seriously I I struggled with that too. It's just like it's kind of useless for a while. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, trying to be compassionate for yourself, I think, is where you're at. I mean, especially because you had like family stuff too. I, I'm luckily I haven't that, but it's it's scary. Um, and it's hard to balance, but at least you're feeling better now and you're able to actually get back into some sort of groove. I'm sure the release has helped too, because like I said, you're doing events and, and things like that too. Yeah. That's been, that's been, that's been a huge relief. Like doing things like this, being able to talk to you, being able to talk to your friends, being able to mm-hmm. um, just try to have like a little bit of normalcy as things are happening um, and just wishing and hoping for the very best that we all come through this on the other side yeah it's um it's kind of crazy (laughs) it really is I was just thinking today I'm like oh my gosh it's almost May what the heck it's yeah where has the spring gone and we're all just in our houses and like I live alone so I'm just like I haven't touched another human in six weeks this is very strange you know right very weird crazy (laughs) um so you're working on that uh what else do you have coming up this year because you have you have the the second or the final Bruja book yeah, the final the final book it's called Wayward Witch. It's about the youngest there so each book in the Brooklyn Bruja series is about a, a a witch sister and um there are three of them and so the third and youngest of the sisters uh mm. she gets kidnapped and taken to fairyland. Uh but this fairy this this fairy world exists in the middle of the Caribbean. So it looks a little bit different than some of the other fairies that we've we've escaped to. Mm. Um, and she discovers a dark thing about her dad, um, and why he was missing for so long. And she is trying to save the kingdom because it is literally rotting away. And Mm. so she teams up with like, uh, all of these others kind of like, like a little band of X-Men, um, each, all these kids with magical powers and, and they, they, they set off to, to heal the, heal the earth. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's coming out September 1st and that's going to be a huge relief to finish the series. Like it's, it's going to be, wow. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Uh, it's been part of me for so long that (laughs) it's taken up a a lot of my consciousness. I feel like, um, and also just like part of like, it's part of a soul book in a way. Cause I feel like I remember when you were talking about it initially, I think before the first book was even out, it, I was visiting with you once and you were telling me about it. And it was just such a personal kind of connection and this kind of story you'd always wanted to tell. So to have it three tangible books in your hand is going to probably just be awesome. Like to have yeah. finished <laughs> copies, you know, that's awesome. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Um, I have my, I have a middle grade, my, my first middle grade novel. It's called The Way to Rio Luna. And it's about a boy named Danny who finds this magical book that is it's a literal map and so he has to find the missing pieces of the map and put it together mm-hmm. in order to find a portal to this place called Rio Luna where he believes that his sister is there uh after she's been missing for two years and he he thinks that she's he's gonna find her in this place um I love writing middle grade middle grade mm-hmm. fantasy is just so refreshing and hopeful and um whimsical and i think that it's it's something that i really hope to keep doing in the future um but those those are the three novels that i have coming out this year oh my gosh Uh, that's crazy (laughs) 
I know. I'm going to slow down eventually um, and take a break. <laughs> I mean, it's it's what you've shaped your life to be, though. Now you're able to write and create these stories and share them. And I mean, as long as you're not like running yourself so ragged that you're like, oh, my God, you know, but I'm sure the outlining helps and everything. And it's, it's crazy. But it's, you know, we benefit because we have all these great stories to read now. I love reading Metal Grade, too. I'm a big Metal Grade fan. So um, it's really interesting. I guess I, I wouldn't have thought about it in the refreshing sense, but that makes that makes a lot of sense now that I'm thinking about it because it's just it doesn't have as much of the heavier angst of teen stuff. Um, right. It's a different kind of angst. It's, it's yeah. not about discovering who you are. It's about, like, discovering how you can – change the world or get something that go in an adventure mm -hmm. you know teenage stuff is so much about like who am I in the scheme mm -hmm. of um and so it's it's been fun I'm really excited that'll be cool um ha you also have a podcast oh yeah uh, yeah I do. we have I, I have it on the list and I was like I was going to talk about it at the beginning but then we kind of just jumped right in and uh, yeah, tell us about your podcast. It's very cool. Um, it's really fun to listen to. It is, you, you always have really great stuff. Uh, tell us about it. So my podcast is called Deadline City, and my co-host is Danielle Clayton. She's the author of the Bell series and Tiny Pretty Things, and uh, we share an office. Uh, I mean, right now we don't share anything because it's it's a pandemic. Uh, but normally we are in an office space called, and we um we call our office Deadline City. And so we were listening to a couple of podcasts on writing, and we thought to ourselves, like, a lot of people ask us advice about what to do once you're already published, how to keep writing after you're mm. already published, and a lot of a lot of the podcasts are targeted towards how to become a writer and how to get published. But what about the after, right? What comes after you already got that book deal? How do you keep creating hmm. and how do you keep, how do you keep learning about story? And so we were on our second season now. I mean, our seasons are very short to begin with, but we're in our second season now and we're focusing on craft. Um, and we are, we're sort of, we're, we're talking about all sorts of things like uh, this in May we're doing, uh, how to create heroes and villains. And last month we did how to create worlds and world building. So we have a lot of good, we have fun together. Danielle and I just, we just fuss at each other the entire time because we disagree <laughs> on a lot of things, but it's really nice having that kind of partnership with somebody. Yep. And, um, <laughs> and, and I think it comes off on the page. So we've, um, we're just going to keep going and, um, keep bringing episodes to everybody. No, I love it. And I, like you said, I think that you guys differ in how, in approach and an idea, it, it's, it's beneficial to the listener because it's hearing different perspectives and different approaches and different ideas. And if you're contradicting, it's, well, why? And so, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very enjoyable to listen to, but yeah, it's, it's such a great uh, premise and just concept for helping, like you said, people who are in the journey now in the race, but are kind of now in the middle and now how do we keep going like you said so yeah it is a great tool for those of you who are listening who are maybe writers um and you're out there definitely check it out um before we go i always like to ask my guests if they have read anything recently that they'd recommend um it doesn't have to necessarily be sci-fi fantasy even though this is a sci-fi fantasy podcast because everyone reads across the board 
Uh, is there mm-hmm. anything you have read or would recommend? Yeah. So I think that it's hard. It's been hard for, I've been rereading a lot of stuff um, because I, I haven't been able for- to focus. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I I really fell in love with a book this year at the beginning of the year as a debut, and it's called Woven in Moonlight yes. by Isabel Ibanez. Yeah, and it's it's so a it's a beautiful fantasy um, set in a world uh, where inspired by the um, Incas and Spaniards um, in in Bolivia, and so it's I, because I'm from Ecuador. I really like I it felt like so close to my culture mm. that I, I really, I thought it was beautiful. Um, there's also Reverie by Ryan LaSala, which mm-hmm. is, uh, it's like a super gay fantasy. It's a, it's urban fantasy. Um, and it's about a boy who can see these, who, um, they have the power to create these, there are these things called reveries and they're these, it's kind of like inception where you don't know if it's real, what's real, except reveries can encapsulate anybody who is surrounding them. Um, and so he, he can't remember things. And there's this drag queen sorceress who is trying to like take control and is incredible. And it's, it's just so weird and funny. And it is like if sailor moon and, uh, drag queens and inception had a baby, (laughs) I have it. I got it for a book of the month book because I was like, I need this book in my life. When I saw like the drag queen sorcerer, I was like, yep, this is sounds yeah. amazing. And it sounded like you said, it sounded funny. I haven't read it yet. It's incredibly unique. And Ryan is, he's a, he's a great writer. He's, he like really, he makes you feel what the character is feeling, which is what I love about teen fiction that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love that. And lastly, I'm um, I'm reading Lady Hotspur by Tessa Grattan, mm. uh, which is it's part of her Queens of Inisleer. It's a companion to to that series, and um, it's just Lady Knights. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's yeah. the only pitch, right? Lady Knights, um, and I'm Tessa a... writes epic epic fantasy, and that's I was adult. Say, Tessa's a I love Tessa's writing. Yeah, she's really fun to read she does a really great job of um so immersive yes that was just what to say like you're you feel very it's very complex and immersive is the perfect word yeah she's really fun to read so those are all excellent choices the only one of those i have read is woven in moonlight which i also really loved um Mm -hmm. but yeah i those great recommendations awesome thanks yeah absolutely well awesome zarita thanks for stopping by and chatting about your new book Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I hope that uh, if you're listening, pick up Incendiary, give it a shot. <laughs> and I hope that you love it. No, it's guys, it's really great. Um, you know, like she said in the beginning, if you like that kind of throne of glass, more epic fantasy vibe with really great magical systems um, and great character development, too. I, I've really have just been easily sucked in and it's been very pleasurable to read. So <laughs> highly recommend it for that. Um, definitely check it out. All right, guys, we will be back soon. Our schedule's been a little wonky with the quarantine, um, but I have Marissa Meyer also in the in the pot to come up next, and then we have a couple of new authors coming up next month too, so be sure to check us out. Until then, bye.